0: Got three people down there, the ball's up in the air. Caught, touchdown. Caught by Westbrook for a touchdown. I think they like my Colorado swag. cause When no minute play, I don't, really, I don't really know just how to A. And when no minute go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly a with my Colorado, my Colorado Welcome swag. into the DNBR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado Exos. I'm Henry Chisholm. And uh, there is a lot to talk about today. Um, first of all, well, I don't even know what's first. Two huge things: there is a Ralphie, and she's a little baby buffalo. Um, let me let me pull up my tweet from earlier because I, I put all the details in there. Um, I, I believe she's she's fifteen months old. She's been training since last November. Um, she was she was actually born in, in Nebraska, but she, she was orphaned when she was little, wound up being raised by a cow on a ranch. And at that ranch, like it's, it's run all by CU people. Um, so even though she is from Nebraska, she's actually like, you know, it's, that's, a uh, that's buff blood that's running through her. And I don't mean like duh, because it's a Buffalo, but like CU blood that's running through her. Um, definitely exciting. I think th- there's a video that they put out today. That's It's really, really good, and it's just another reason why it's so excited to have Snelson back in charge of all the video stuff, Um, narrated by Chris Fowler. There's a couple little clips of little baby Ralphie Six, and she's adorable, and we're going to be talking more. I've got a cool thing lined up tonight um, about how adorable that little baby buffalo is. Um, I'm really excited about that. I think uh, they, they said that she's almost 500 pounds Um, typically like, like the last Ralphie, Ralphie five, she's 1300 pounds, which is, you know, between two and three times the size in case you guys really suck at math. Um, but yeah, she's, uh, she's going to be at the game on Friday. Um, just like Ralphie typically is. It sounds like, I, I think they really, really want her to run. Um, but they didn't say like they would run her, or they wouldn't run her or anything like that. Um, what they said was, and let me let me pull up this exact line so I don't put the wrong words into their mouth. Um, so this this comes from uh, Taylor Stratton, who runs the Ralphie program, took it over last year in 2020, and then just immediately went into finding a little baby buffalo to replace Ralphie Five. Um, obviously landed on this Ralphie, Ralphie 6. Um, here's what she said. All of Ralphie's training is completed with co- positive reinforcement, and ultimately the decision on whether or not she runs will always depend on her safety and that of her handlers. So, we... Uh, I, hopefully she runs. Hopefully she runs. Um, but, you know, it'll obviously be her first time being around 50,000 people. And... I again not not myself a buffalo expert, but it seems like being around fifty thousand people would be kind of a a hit or miss situation for a baby buffalo. Um, Who knows how a baby buffalo (laughs) reacts to that? Um, Definitely really exciting. There's pictures going around. There's there's like uh, the the Buffs football account posted some pictures that showed um, Ralphie meeting the football team. They, they went out to uh, the, the bigger training facility down below where they have all three of those fields and uh, brought her out there, put her in her little corral and let the whole football team meet her. Um, awesome picture of Carl Durrell meeting Ralphie Six. Um, I'm jealous. I'll say that. I'm jealous. It seems like it sounds like I'm going to get an opportunity to see her on, uh, on Friday before the game. There's going to be some sort of media opportunity i guess i I think like everybody's gonna be able to see her we'll see um but definitely really 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 exciting um it's really tough to to rank the the two biggest stories today um obviously having a new ralphie is super super cool mustafa johnson is back and that means a whole lot for uh, the Colorado Buffaloes. And that's what we're going to be talking about in just a second after I remind you guys about the presenting sponsor of this podcast, the Colorado XOs. Um, so, the Colorado XOs are a, a rugby team based here in Colorado and right now is the offseason what they do though is like train non-rugby players like maybe they play college football maybe they played in the cfl or went to an nfl training camp or maybe there's like former soccer whatever teaching all of these athletes how to play rugby and trying to get them onto the u.s national team which trains at the same facility in glendale the rugby town national training training center oh god hiccups again um but yeah, it's a really cool thing in the off season though. They have cool stuff going on on that field. So it's outside. They show a bunch of movies out there at night. Um, sounds like a really fun thing. And you can get all the details by going to infinity park at glendale.com slash events. Definitely check it out. Obviously makes this podcast possible. We love them. And the more we can support them, the, the more that they support us. Obviously you guys get how business works. Um, But yeah, oh, also one other thing before we get into Mustafa Johnson being back. Um, So, tomorrow we're going to have a live show. It's going to be me and it's going to be our friend Ryan Konigsberg and maybe a couple special guests to to talk to us about Ralphie a little bit. But um, that's going to be happening at about 5 tomorrow. You can find that at the DNVR YouTube page. It'll be live on there. It'll also be up there, obviously, after that. Um, it's a lot more fun live because you can comment, we can talk, there'll be time for questions, all that kind of stuff. Really good time, first one of the year. And, uh, yeah, I think the, the plan for that, we're going to start by drafting the the position groups. So I'm gonna, hopefully Ryan doesn't listen to this. But I, I'm trying to decide, do I go linebackers first or do I go running backs first? And so then we just go back and forth and, and draft them, and we'll see... Kind of how we wind up ranking all these position groups. It's going to be off on some other cool stuff planned um, that I don't want to give away. But, yeah, that's going to be going on at 5 tomorrow. So, hang out because it's going to be really, really cool. Um, and, yeah, I'll be on YouTube up until kickoff. Oh, we do have a tailgate. Um, actually, let's not skip ahead. More on that Thursday, Um, I've got a thing I've got to do at 9, I have to be home for, and we have that that show at 5, but from like 6 until 8.30 or so, I'm going to be hanging out at the DMVR bar, drinking some beers, getting some food. I know that at least one DMVR member, Cole Cook, is going to be down there. He's like, came up from Texas. You guys have heard the comments and all that stuff. You'd know him from Twitter, but um, Yeah. I'm going to be out there, down there hanging out with Cole. I'm hopefully going to get Ryan to come hang out too. I don't know what his schedule is like, but if anybody wants to come down to the bar tomorrow and talk some buffs, um, have some questions, I don't know, just just hang out and have a good time the day before a game, that is also going on. Um, if that's not enough of us, well, we do have the tailgate on Friday. It um, should be a lot of fun. Uh, we're partnering with all buffs. They've been great. Um, for those of you who've been to the the all buffs tailgate before um it's it's in that same place um it's it's free they're going to be grilling we've get a a whole bunch of beer from breckenridge so just come hang out drink some beer we'll have like ladder ball out there and it's it's for those of you who haven't been there it's at the north side of farron field so we'll be there. I think it starts at three. I'm not sure if I'm going to get there right at... Actually, I think I will be there right at three. Um, so this is going to be a good time. And I don't know. I mean, last last week we had three of CU basketball starting five hanging out. Who knows who's going to be there this week? Um, but we could have some pretty cool guests. And the great guys at All Buffs are grilling. We've got beer. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that's got to be it for notes, right? Um, there will be a live show Friday night after the game as well, um, and we'll we'll talk about the details with that a little bit more tomorrow, mostly because we're still sorting those out. Um, but, yeah, there's your plan for the next couple days. I'm fired up. Colorado has a huge game, obviously. It's first one back, first one with this little baby Ralphie. It's going to be a lot of fun oh also for the soccer fans out there cu soccer on thursday at six o'clock plays number six uh uh tcu that's going to be a fun one i'm going to be watching that at the bar obviously um if you guys aren't going to make it then it's, it's all cool but that will be on espn plus um the buffs i think that they they got 10 votes in the, for the top 25 in last week's poll And then they played Florida State, number one in the country, lost 2-1. The only goal Florida State's given up this season and got that up to 13 votes. So you pull a draw with the number six team in the country, that's kind of what it would take to get into this top 25. Big game, big expectations for Buff Soccer this year. So that'll be fun at six on ESPN Plus for those of you who have it. And if you don't, like I said, bringing my laptop to the DMVR bar tomorrow, uh, which is at York and Colfax in Denver in case any of you guys haven't heard that. Okay. Um, the fact that we're 10 minutes into this and still haven't talked about Mustafa Johnson, uh, it's a massive failure on my part, but here we are now. Um, Mustafa is, like I said, back. Um, Brian Howell of the Boulder Daily Camera broke this news, and let's just start by going through what he had to say. Um, okay. That's, there's been a lot of tweets today, in case you guys... hadn't logged on yet um but yeah he he declared for the nfl draft obviously wasn't chosen and was never signed to a, a team um he had that workout with the jets in like may you guys might remember but never turned into a contract and that doesn't necessarily mean all's cool with the ncaa what it means is basically he gets a suspension and there's some other stuff going on you know like without getting any details if if you get money from an agent like a lot of agents advance um um like your contract that you're going to get when you get drafted when you get signed whatever if you get that money you just have to pay that money back and then you uh wind up getting suspended for for going through that process it's a, a an obscure thing it happened with Arizona's punter when he didn't get drafted didn't get signed. Um and we don't know when the suspension will um end, but we know that it will be a couple weeks. Um just the keynotes from Brian though. Um unclear when he's gonna be able to play. Um like I said, has to serve a suspension and some other hurdles. I think I kinda gave you a couple details there. Um t- 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 uma, final season of eligibility. Um, Oh, here's one from Brian. I've heard from multiple people that October 2nd against USC at Folsom Field could be the day. Um, I would not expect him to play before then. Um, Oh, and then he did bring up the ASU punter um, who wound up in the same situation, transferred to Oklahoma. Um, But yeah, I know that in my conversations with people in the athletic department, um, they don't know the number. And the number four I have heard kind of floating around, which obviously lines up with what uh, Brian said about him coming back for USC, potentially not before that because you count through the games. You got Northern Colorado, Texas A&M, Minnesota, Arizona State. There's your four suspension ends, and he's back for USC. And again, that's not confirmed or anything, but that's what's up. Also, um. Uh. We'll. We'll wait on that. But um. It's a. Uh, it's obviously really, really exciting, for a bunch of different reasons. Um. Mustafa has been CU's best defensive lineman for a, f- a few seasons now, at least two years. And I. I wasn't here the year before that, but I'm pretty sure he was the best defensive lineman then too. Um. Honestly, kind of surprised, as I've said before, that he didn't at least get signed to a contract, like get to go training camp, undrafted, see if he can fight for a spot. Um, But he's 5'11 or 6 foot, I think listed bigger than that, but, you know, not a big dude. And when you're not a big dude, some teams are just going to say, no, we're not interested regardless. And I guess there were enough of those that the production didn't matter, the explosiveness, just like, him being a good guy didn't matter. Um, refined technique. Not quite as valuable to NFL front offices as being massive and fast because they think that they can coach that stuff. And a lot of the time they wind up being wrong. Um, but there's a couple of things I want to go through, though, in regards to Mustafa being back. Um, first of all, what does this mean for Colorado's lineup? Um Again, we're gonna talk more about this depth chart with the four three. We haven't talked about it since it came out right on like right when I was doing this podcast. And so I didn't have a chance to like think through everything before that. But I have a few new thoughts since then. We're gonna dig into more of those later in the show, but we're gonna start by going through some of this defensive line stuff because of Mustafa. Um like I said change from a 3-4 to a 4-3. Mustafa fits really well as a 3-4 defensive end. Like a the, the reason obviously that he's not like a true edge rusher like being the Bendy guy who can have the speed to get around to tackle and get into the backfield for the sack. Um that Vaughn Miller type. Um he's more the let me get the guard and hand fight him a little bit, pull a little spin move and get inside and go get the quarterback. Um, and because of that, it'll be interesting, a word I use a lot, to see where he fits in here. Um, I think it's most likely that they play him at defensive ends still. And right now, I guess we should say this. The two defensive ends, the starters, Carson Wells and Terrence Lang. Defensive tackle, Niam Rodman. Nose tackle, Jalen Sami. I think that Mustafa and this is the tough part, he might just knock Naim Rodman out of the starting lineup. Because one thing we know for sure is Mustafa's got to be a starter. And, you know, there's, there's still, like, a, the whole timeline thing with when does he even come back, um, what is he when he comes back. Personally, I think he's going to be pretty close to full strength when he gets back. You'd have to think that because he was trying to do the NFL thing, he's at least in shape. You know, he's, he's kept himself in shape because until training camp kind of gets a week, two weeks in, you think you have a chance. And that point was what, two, three weeks ago. And so maybe he's been sitting on the couch, like eating McDonald's every day, but it's been two or three weeks of that. It hasn't been, you know, months and months and months, at least you would think, um, on top of that, if, if he does have this kind of minimum four game suspension, We'll see how long that is, but that gives him time to practice. And I do think that regardless, he's going to be on the sidelines in practice, going through those sorts of things um, which means that, you know, just fall camp is what twenty six practices. This won't be quite as intense because there's more off days. it's it's more shifted toward preparing for an opponent. But at the same time, it should be enough to kind of get him going football wise. So I'm not too worried about him when he gets back. And I guess maybe he isn't at full strength, but you expect 90% of Mustafa Johnson in his first game back. And a week or two later, he's probably full go. Um, and that's again, not in terms of like injuries, just in terms of being the best football player that he can be. Usually, should use those percentages with injuries. Um, it's exciting. It's, it's really exciting. But when he does get back, though, I think you bump Niam Rodman to the bench. And I could be wrong about that, but I do think that that's probably what's most likely with Mustafa coming in as that uh, defensive tackle. Even though I like him just a little bit more as a defensive end. First of all, Carson Wells isn't going inside. Terrence Lang... I think could go inside, but but because he is the he is six seven, he has that length to kind of use those arms at the edge of the defense. I think that having him at defensive end probably makes more sense than bumping him inside and moving Mustafa out. We'll see how it goes though. And again, this its list is a four three defense. I think we'll see four three. I think we'll see three four as well. And when we see that three four. I think again, Jalen Sami at nose tackle, right in the middle. Your outside linebackers, Carson Wells and Guy Thomas, and then you've got those two spots in between the nose tackle and the the, the outside linebackers. Those are probably um, it, Sorry, uh, Terrence Lang and Mustafa Johnson. Now on any given snap, you probably don't have like all of your starters out there. I guess like the first snap of the game, you probably do. If you start in that three, four, well, there you go. Um But that's kind of how I see things shaking out. Um On top of that, like you, you get into the pass rushing situations. Um Say, say they do go to that. I mean that three, three, five, where one of the linebackers comes off so that they can put that star guy on. Um, if that's like a four-man front, it's kind of that four-man front we talked about. Well, I actually don't know. You know what? If if it's third and eight or something when you're not concerned about the run, you're just trying to go with the quarterback, you've probably got Carson Wells and Guy Thomas on the edges. You've probably got Terrence Lang and Mustafa on the inside, which is just... I mean, that might be the best pass-rushing front four in the Pac-12. You know, you think about Kayvon Thibodeau and how he is just so good that he brings the entire uh, just like average all the way up that the organs in that conversation um, you think about Drake Jackson, the edge rusher from USC who does something similar there, and there's, there's other guys too, but that front four when you're in that third and long, when Mustafa gets back, it, you're not crazy for saying, I mean they have a real chance of being the front four or the, the best front four in the pack 12. It's just what, what do they do? Do they go prove it? Do they go get those sacks? I think they will based on what we saw last year, but we'll see. Um, Really, really, really exciting. Um, You've also got just like the, the other ways that you can play those third and long situations, you know, where you, you put six guys up on the line and, and I talked to, I talked to Jamar Montgomery, another outside linebacker now on defensive end. When you list, uh, the defense is a 4-3. I talked to him about this last week, and he said that they have been playing with those lineups where it, it is Carson and Guy and Joshka and Jamar all out there with Terrence Lang. And, again, they have pass rushers. And the fact they get Mustafa back, it means that you don't have to be all that worried about it. The odds, the odds of this pass rush being top three in the Pac-12 just jumped from 33% to 50% or maybe even more than that it might have jumped from from like 40% to 60 to 75% something, something something right around there um it's really exciting and you think about what those six-man rush packages look like. You've got Carson Wells, obviously. You've got Mustafa, obviously. You've got Guy Thomas. That's three. You've got Terrence Lang. That's four. And then who else do you want? Is it Niam Rahman? Do, do you have an anchor like Jalen Sami and say, you know what? We line him up over the center. Tell him just to push there aren't many centers in the Pac 12 who can hold their ground against Jalen Sami all alone. You know, that's kind of just a demanding a double team in there. That's one way you could go. You throw Joshua and Jamar out there. That's another way. You throw Nate in one of those B gaps and let him fly in there, A gaps and let him fly in there. That's an option. Um, Robert, Bar- I mean, there's there's a lot of ways that this could go. Chris Miller, Mark Perry coming off the edge is one of them. I, I would love to be Chris Wilson right now. I would really, really love to be Chris Wilson right now, getting to call this defense, getting to coach this defensive line. Um, and you know that the other kind of complaint or concern that we've had with this defensive line group is just the depth. Because, you know, you look at it and say, let's say when they go 3-4, that's when it's probably more concerning because that one defensive edge end spot where you have Carson Wells, Guy Thomas, Josh Gugustav, Jamar, you're, that's some serious depth. But when they do go to that 3-4, You're looking at Terrence Lang, Naeem Rahman, Jalen Sami, and those are your top three. They want to go six deep minimum, probably seven deep. Well, that brings Janaz Jordan in. That brings Justin Jackson, Jaden Simon, Blaine Toll. That's your seven. Now, all of a sudden, you, you take one of those guys out, replace him with Mustafa, and you feel better. Um, and if they only go six deep, that means you take two of those guys out. And, and you know that you have Terrence Lang, you would have Naeem Rahman, you have Jalen Sami, Janaz Jordan. There's four that you like. Throw Mustafa in, there's five. If this is a six-man rotation, you need one of Justin Jackson, Blaine Toll, Jaden Simon to, to be able to be a sixth defensive lineman you aren't concerned about. And if you can go deeper than that, that's great. Obviously, these first few games, you don't have that depth. But I mean the the good news is in theory you're at you're healthiest at the start of the season. Um you know it would be nice to have him for Texas A&M that that whatever chance that Colorado has of pulling that massive upset it would absolutely go up if you add Mustafa Johnson to the mix. I don't know how much it goes up, but it goes up. Um Minnesota Mustafa in in any game Mustafa could go for a sack or two. You know, that's that's the type of player that he is. And there's reason to believe that with one more year of experience under his belt an uh, off-season training to be an NFL guy, going through the draft process, working with those coaches, doing all those sorts of things, that he's playing even better now than he did before. Um, it's just what, progress is what you expect. You know, it doesn't always happen. It isn't always linear, all that stuff. But you do expect progress from, on average from any year to year. And it's been a year-to-year jump since we've seen Mustafa. Um, and then what what really kills me, though, is not having for that Arizona State game. Once conference play starts, um, when you know that you're going to be chasing uh, Jaden Daniels around the field because he is so fast, when he struggles to throw from the pocket and you can have somebody flying up in his face from the middle of the line in pass rushing situations, that sucks. It really does suck. But you know what doesn't suck? Having... Mustafa for eight games or six games or whatever it is this season. When a week ago, a week ago, these rumors were just kind of starting. Um, and it was what I think I said it was like five days ago, six days ago that I uh I told the the buffs discord, um, you know, the the group that you get access to if you become a member of DNVR. I said hey, this is a thing to keep an eye on. Um, There's some issues and uh, that sort of stuff. But but basically, I was told that this is 50-50. And if you were in that Buffs Discord, what was that? Five days ago? Six days ago? The, the 26th, you would have gotten this scoop back then. So that's a reason to subscribe. Another reason to subscribe, I mean, if you're coming out of the bar to hang out with us tomorrow, make sure you have a membership. You get big beers for the size of small beers at the DMVR bar. Plus, right now, you can use the code CAMP2021, get sixty a $60 gift card to the DMVR locker. There's a bunch of stuff that's dropping on Saturday. There's some great stuff in there already. There's like a cool one for bus fans. It's like the 62-36 scoreboard where it came back from break, and there's that kid from Nebraska just bawling his eyes out. We have a T-shirt of that, and it's a good shirt. Uh, that's in there. Uh, we have the NIL deal with Nate Landman. That shirt's going to be coming out here pretty soon. Get that get that gift card, get the membership, again, code CAMP2021, and uh, get access to, to our Discord, the, the DMVR Lounge, where sometimes there's scoops like that. Uh, also, uh, Breckenridge Brewery, we love them so much um, because they help us a whole lot. Um, you know, like I said, we have that tailgate coming on Friday, which you guys should come to well, guess who's giving us all the beer for that tailgate Breckenridge brewery. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that they do for a bunch of reasons. First of all, because they like us and want to help us. And they know that the more we grow, the more we can send people back to them and then they can give us even more beer. And it's just this nice, happy circle. Um, but also because they're huge Colorado sports fans and they're the kind of people enjoy this stuff. Um, so we really appreciate their support again, they make the tailgates possible. They make this show possible. They make so much of it. And the tailgates are a lot of fun. Like I said, we had like three of the buffs starting five at that soccer tailgate on Sunday. We got big stuff on the way for this tailgate with all buffs with their grill on uh, on Friday. So come hang out. You don't have to be a member or anything, but you should be a member. Just come hang out, drink some beers, talk some buffs, eat some food, and uh, play some ladder ball. Oh. Also Breckenridge, uh, they they're giving one uh, percent of their profits this summer to the National Parks Conservation Association. Great place for that to go. They're good people. Support them because supporting them is supporting us. Um, and then finally, Ball. So that was a long pause. Sorry. Um, Ball is great too. Uh, they they also I think work in some ways with uh, CU. I'm not totally sure about that, and so I probably shouldn't say in that. But, um, oh, they absolutely do, because they partnered with them. They All the cups, when you go to the game on Friday, if you get a beer, it's going to come in that aluminum cup. That's an aluminum cup with a Buff logo on it and a Ball logo on it. Um, and then that was actually the first school that Ball partnered with to make those cups, Um And now they're in a bunch of schools. CU is first. And part of the reason, because Ball's a local company. Um, That's why they they sponsored the Ball Arena where the Nuggets play and the Avs play. And that's also why they have a plant in Golden that is hiring. Um, Ball made 101 billion cans in 2020. A ridiculous number. 101 billion. Um, But it's uh, it's good to make things out of aluminum. 75% of the world's aluminum still in use today. That's ever been made. And that's like... There's been a long time that people have used aluminum. Um, If you're looking for a place to work though... That that plant in Golden is a great opportunity. Um, They uh, they have a 100% corporate equity score... From the uh, human rights campaign. Um, They also you know, they, they are cutting emissions and they're doing well with all that. They're kind of like leaders and all that stuff. Um, and if you're interested, you can text GOLDEN to 77222 and get information or just go to jobs.ball.com, search for GOLDEN and uh, see see what your options are because it's a great company, it's a great place and uh, they'll give you money and who doesn't want money? Okay. Um. More on this depth chart. Uh, so again, there's there's kind of a few things that really stand out. Um, and we talked about this when it came out Monday night, but there is more that I want to say because I've had a chance to uh, think about the depth chart without um, it being the first time I've ever seen the depth chart. Um, here's a couple of those things. First of all, you look at the linebackers and I think there's some surprises. Um, you know the three linebackers that they have listed as starters in the four three: Marvin Ham, Nate Landman, Quinn Perry. No Jack Lamb, no John Van Deese, no Robert Barnes. Um, kind of an interesting little lineup there. But I think that uh, there's there's a lot more to it than that. Um, I do think that you know when you go to the three four. That might be a situation where obviously, like that means taking one of those defensive linemen off the field, replacing him with an outside linebacker, um, Guy Thomas. And when you do that, who is on the field? First of all, Nate Landman is. You know, they'll take their pick of somebody else, and that could be Robert Barnes, that could be Quinn Perry, that could be Marvin Ham. But on Robert Barnes, here's what I really want to say: He's been working at the mo position which is different than the Sam, the Mike, and the Will. The Moe is like, it's almost like the the Buffs' dime position. So you know how the star is the slot guy? That's the nickel guy. The Moe is the dime guy, that cover linebacker type. You go back to uh, what Chris Wilson said in April, which is what I did because I wanted to go listen to this stuff again um, after seeing all this. And what he said was, there's really no base defense Base is just what happens 60 to 70% of the time, and that's kind of dictated by the offense. You know, for, for offenses, they there might be an offense that says, okay, our base is 11 personnel. We want running back, we want tight end, we want three receivers. Could say 12 personnel. We want a running back, two tight ends, and two receivers. It could be 10, a running back, and four receivers. It just depends, but every team is going to have their base offense and they're going to run that about 60 to 70% of the time. That other 30 to 40% of the time, they're kind of going to have their personnel dictated to them based on the game situation. So say say you're a team where you want two tight ends out on the field. Well, guess what? When it's third and 12, third and eight, whatever, you're going to have to take one of those tight ends off the field most likely and put a receiver out there. Because otherwise, what's going to happen? The, the the defense is going to run a, a defensive back out there who's going to be able to cover or probably a couple guys. I mean, you got defensive backs who can cover anybody who could catch the ball. You got your two corners on their two receivers. You got your two next best cover guys on the two tight ends. And a tight end probably isn't going to be able to get open against that situation. Um, now, if it's a tight end against a linebacker, it's a good tight end. That's a different conversation. Um, but that is how Chris Wilson kind of sees it you got 60 to 70% of the time where you're running offensively with the personnel group that you really like. Um, You've got that other 30 to 40% where you have to do things differently because it is a third and long or because you want to spread things out, but it's a third and short and you got to run the ball and throw tight ends out there. Um, He looks at it as how do we counter that? And so the base defense every week is how you counter that. Um, whether it's best to do that with a 4-3 or a 3-4, or whether it's in that base nickel package or that base dime package, which is something that I think they're going to do quite a bit this season. Um, And the reason is because I think Robert Barnes is one of their best defenders. Again, we haven't seen him on the field. We haven't seen a whole bunch of other stuff. And my feeling, though, is that Robert Barnes is one of their best defenders. And again, he plays that Mo position. And again, you might not say, okay, they're, they're going with 11 personnel, let's match that with Dime, because you are lighter than them. But if by Dime you mean you're bringing uh, Robert Barnes on to replace Marvin Ham, for example, well all of a sudden going Dime, you probably don't lose all that much in the run game and you probably like the cover situation a little bit more, you know? And and who knows? Maybe Quinn Perry is probably a better example because Marvin Ham is more of the cover type. But I, that's kind of where I'm at right now is that I'm not sure what exactly is the number of packages that this defense has. I think they have a 4-3. I think they have a 3-4. I think they have a nickel. I think they have the dime. And maybe it's just those four. I bet there's probably a goal line thing. I don't know. But I think that they're going to be using some of those packages that do include, you know, Robert Barnes, who is technically listed as a backup on this depth chart more. Um, and then on Chris Miller, who doesn't show up anywhere on this depth chart, you know, they list the three left cornerbacks. They list the three right cornerbacks, the three safeties, the the three strong safeties, free safeties and strong safeties, three each. Um But what they don't do is list a star position, and that's the position that Chris Miller plays, and that's what they call their nickel. And I think it really is as simple as that. Chris Miller is your starting nickel, and he just doesn't fit into this depth chart. Um, and, And there's evidence for that, too. Uh, not just that we know that he typically plays the star position and there is no star position and it could be that simple, but also because if you look at that depth chart, there is a, like a little key that says N-Nickelback. dash And that means that if you have somebody who has the N next to them, that means that they're uh, the nickelback. For, there's something similar for the kickoff guy where you look at the place kicker um, depth chart and it's number one, Cole Becker. And then in parentheses, KO number one for kickoff number one. Um, And then number three on the place kicking depth chart, Mac Willis, he has the, in parentheses, KO number two, which means he's the number two kickoff guy. And that's how nickel works too. You have your number one nickel, your number two nickel. Well, I just don't think either of those guys are on this depth chart. Um, And maybe they'd only list one. I'm not so sure. But uh, because there is nobody listed with that N next to them, I think it's safe to say their nickel is not listed here. Chris Miller, not listed here. He's your nickel. And I think that there's going to be a lot of nickel defense because you look at the teams that the Pac 12, or or sorry, that Colorado plays in the Pac 12. You know, UCLA, you're going base nickel, base dime, something like that. Uh, USC, same thing. Arizona State, same thing. Um, Oregon, I guess they've gone heavier recently. So who knows what you do against them? I mean, there's some other teams that kind of lean the other way. But, you know, I guess Washington State isn't on the schedule, but that would be one where you're absolutely playing a lot of nickel um, and dime. And so that's kind of how I'm thinking about this. And I think if you think about it that way, you feel a lot better about it. um, Because you do just kind of have to pick a defense to list. I mean, if it were me personally, I would have... To just kind of like your defensive end, defensive tackle, nose tackle. I put put outside linebackers on it. I put inside linebackers on I put your typical secondary positions on it. I put the star back on And Would you wind up with more than 11 starters? Yeah, but I think that it would probably lead to a more accurate chart. And when you look at things that way, I think this depth chart does make a lot more sense when you do look at it. Um, And I do think that Robert Barnes is a super key piece for this team this year. I think Chris Miller is going to be out there a lot um, in a role that just is not in a four, three defense. And it really is that simple. Um, oh, I just, I just remembered that Mustafa is back and I'm hyped. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, uh, I'll send some texts and hopefully there's an update on this stuff tomorrow. I'm, We'll see. He got the NCAA waiver. He's going to be back eventually. Um, that's going to be big. Ralphie, obviously, is very big herself, and that will be big for the program. Not as big as she will be. I wonder. So so a, a, full, a, a Buffalo becomes full-grown right around when they turn five. Um, what's Ralphie now? Like one and a quarter, 15 months? Yeah, one and a quarter. So before the 2024 season, This is when you expect her to kind of reach full size and that's 1300 pounds. So she's got put on about 800 pounds between now and then. And what is that? That's uh, what about 200 pounds a year. So by the end of football season, she might be quite a bit bigger because, because you know, growth, it's going to start faster and then kind of taper off, I guess. I mean, not that I'm the Buffalo expert, but that seems how things grow. Um, Yeah, so that's cool. Ralphie's back. Mustafa's back. And we're going to wrap this up with the DraftKings Pick of the Week. First of all, this is not DraftKings Pick of the Week because it'd be cheating, um, but this is absolutely something that you should do. So DraftKings has a promotion going right now for the Georgia Clemson game Saturday night. Obviously going to be a great game. Two teams that have a really good chance of making the college football playoff this year. Going to be a lot of fun. And they have a, a cool promotion going with DraftKings. This isn't just new users, this is everybody. Um but it's called Hammer the Over. The way it works is you uh for for every 2500 people who bet the over in that game, the the over under like the total drops by half a point. So for every 5000 it drops 1 point. I think right now it's down to uh 14 Oh, 14 and a half points. So all that you need is for over 14 and a half points in that game, which means that the final score is like 7 or higher. And was it say 913 bets left until that goes to 14 and 13 and a half and then 13 and then 12. It's, it's going to get really low. It's basically free money. There is a max bet of $25 it's basically 25 free dollars, though, and it's not for new users. So just make sure that if you have this app, put 25 on that so that you can get your free money. And here's your DraftKings pick of the week. Um, Ohio State is minus 14 on Thursday against Minnesota. We're taking that. It's currently at plus 100, which means that you're getting even a little bit better odds than you typically would on a spread bet. Um, It also technically means that like, if you bet $10, you win $10. You turn your $10 into $20, just totally even. Um, But like I said, the spread is minus 14. It's kind of a big number. It's also Ohio State. And sure, they've got the new quarterback, and he's never played before, all that kind of stuff. I'm not too worried about it. Um, just because they should be able to line the ball up and run all over Minnesota. Um, it's, it's one of those things where you look at it and say what Minnesota and Colorado to me are on the same level. Ohio state probably beats Colorado by more than 14 points because you know, it's, it's, there's just a talent gap. There's just a talent gap. And I know that the teams are different this year than they were last year. And for Ohio State specifically, um, you're you're missing Justin Fields, who was one of the best quarterbacks in all of college football a year ago. But you look at what happened last year, and let's just run through this. They started by beating Nebraska 52-17. Then they win 38-25 against number 18 Penn State. And sure, Penn State was a little bit overrated that time they didn't win by 14 but they won by more than 14 against Rutgers they won by seven against a top 10 Indiana team Um, they won by 40 against Mel Tucker's Michigan State Um, they only won by 12 against number 14 Northwestern Um, beat number two Clemson by three touchdowns and then lost to Bama in the championship game yeah things are different when you don't have Justin Fields, but that's also why this is only fourteen points and not in the twenties. I think that well I wanted to go pack twelve, something like that it's it's gonna hit they're too good, they're too good um they're too good. And so we're taking Ohio State to beat Minnesota um, minus 14 at plus 100 odds. That's your DraftKings pick of the week. That's gonna do it for today. We'll see you guys at five with Ryan and some special guests to talk about uh, the uh, the the whole all of this, <laughs> all of this stuff um, leading up to the game against Northern Colorado on on Friday. Hopefully we'll see you at the bar tomorrow. If not, we better see you at the tailgate from like three to seven when the game kicks off. North side of Farron Field. It's going to be a good time. We'll see you there.